Oh, scracking lovely people. Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. I'm your host as always, Matt Gardner. And the pod, it generally focuses on nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences. Thank you for downloading, giving me your ears and listening in. Now, 33 Fuel and I've been working together for three or four years to bring you the pod. And 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. So use code MATT10 at checkout for 10% off. Attack the day, also support the pod and they're a London-based lifestyle and clothing brand run by keen triathletes and mountaineers, Sam and Rory, and you can use MAT20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. No-brainers, lovely people, natural sports nutrition products, clothing for the outdoors, all that jazz, get involved. Okay, if you like the show, please share it with someone. Ultimately, it's the only way the show will grow. I really appreciate that if you do. Appreciate appreciate that if you do. Um, also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Leave me a review on Apple Pod. That would be amazing. Okay, let's get cracking. Today, I'm speaking to Ali Hollist. So, Ali is a father, husband, ultra runner, business owner, in 2020, he ran the first ever unique Snowden six-way challenge, raising valuable funds and awareness for mental health and suicide prevention following the loss of an old friend and colleague. This year, he's going again, aiming to go bigger, faster, running in memory of Milo and Mick. I'm really looking forward to speaking with Ali, and I hope you enjoy it too, lovely people. Let's get into it. Ali, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, looking forward to, um, it's a nice way to start a Friday morning to come on and sort of share some stories and some insights. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, no, I'm really looking forward to some of your insights, mate. And I think, um, look, before we get started, what's what's the morning routine for you? Are you, are you a strong black coffee man? Are you a green tea man? Are you a peppermint <laughs> so tea man? My, my morning normally starts at 5am, whether that's me getting up or my children waking me up, one of my children waking me up. If I get the time in the morning, my 5am garden workout, um, to I'm currently going through some rehab for some injuries. So card and workout, coffee, and then hopefully the kids wake up around six and then we can start the day, get them ready for sort of preschool, nursery, etc. So yeah, it's quite full on at the moment. We've got three kids under five. Um, yeah, I think read into that what you will. <laughs> and uh, so the mornings are quite full on, but now my wife's taking well, they're all out of the house, basically. So I've got the house to myself for a little bit, which is quite nice. So we've got some peace, Matt. Brilliant. Well, yeah, selfishly, I've managed to grab, you know, like half an hour, 40 minutes or whatever every time, which is fantastic. I think if we, you know, if we step back a little, mate, um, obviously, uh, I, I introduced a little bit about you on, on, on the kind of intro to the pod, but uh, you'll, you know, you'll be probably quite a new figure to a few of my listeners. Um, I know we've got that mutual friend, James, who's been on the pod before. That's that's how we connected. You know, yeah. fantastic sports nutritionist. Um, I think he spends a little bit too much time with his shirt off for my liking. But apart from that, he's, <laughs> he's all right, oh, isn't God, he? Funny story about that. No, he's a good, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, James has done a lot of good stuff, both for me and also a lot of my coaching clients. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to see him and his sort of direction kind of grow. And he's one of life's... You know, as you know, he's one, just one of life's great people. Mm. And, yeah, he's onto something really cool. He's passionate. He's from the heart. And I, I really appreciate it when people are like that. And he's just a genuinely just a good good guy. And it's kind of, you know, our mutual connection is like that. And, yeah, I've got a lot of time for James. He's, he's doing some good things. No, agreed. Yeah, agreed. And people can definitely stay in touch with Well, they're probably already aware of him if you listen to this show. I've had him on before. But, um, Ali, yeah, if we, if we rewind a little bit, 
Um, you know, look, there's there's obviously so much to cover, but I think let's set the scene by what what you've got coming up and why you're doing it, and then we can maybe delve into you know what you achieved last year and 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 how that kind of set the scene for this year and everything like that. So you know, yeah. let the listeners know a little bit about what's what's coming up and what you're looking forward to. Cool. So in September this year, in September the window is the 15th to the 17th. I'm running what's called the Snowden Six Ways Challenge which is actually my own unique challenge that I created last year, which is running up and down the six main routes of Snowden, one after the other, which is uh, 78 kilometers and it's over 5,500 meters of, of ascent. So it's, it's not small, it's not ludicrously massive, but it's pretty big. And to cut a long story short, I'm running in memory of a couple of people that, in my network that, took, uh, that have taken their own lives both um, this year and last year. You know tragic things really that occurred sort of out of the blue, I mean, well, both out of the blue. And, you know, this was something I wanted to go and do just for myself to go and see if it was possible to do it, to run the Snowden Six Ways. And last year I did it, I sort of set off with this challenge to run the Snowden Six Ways to see if it was possible with a couple of mates. And within two months of planning, I heard of the tragic loss of an old mate and colleague, Milo, who took his own life. He was 28. Like, one of those, nobody knew he was suffering. Not one person knew he was suffering. You know, he was popular, he was sporty, he was, you know, cool, he was fun, he was, you know, he was a good, good, a good guy. Nobody knew he was suffering, and um, he just went missing, and, you know, unfortunately, yeah, his body was found. And um, the natural thing for me was to suddenly, hang on a minute, I'm doing this, ridiculous challenge for me it is ridiculous no one's done it before how about there's an opportunity here to raise some money for charity and some awareness for mental health so and his sister actually reached out and said oh, i really really can see what you're doing with this um this challenge would you mind running in memory of milo and i said that's ah, 100 percent. i'd love to to do that and to get something really positive come out of the Snowden six ways and, and then yeah september last year um, managed to raise 22 grand, 22,000 pounds, which every time I say that, I giggle because I still can't believe that I've managed to do that for Oxfordshire Mind, which I live in Oxfordshire, so it's a local mental health charity that have, that had been working. You know, Milo had been had reached out to them before he, you know, he took his own life. And yeah, the challenge for me was one of those things. It was it was one of the best things I have ever done. You know, not not necessarily just because of the fundraising that was amazing, but the awareness, the challenge itself. I love being in the mountains. I love running. Um, I've struggled with my own mental health and addictions, and it was just like this culmination of quite a few years of ups and downs that was just magic. It was so, it was. I can't really describe the feeling of of that challenge and my crew that were there, including James. He helped me with my nutrition. I, I absolutely nailed my my nutrition. But everybody there was kind of touched by something and it was you know words can't really describe the atmosphere that we all experienced on on that on that or it was overnight on that night and in the aftermath of the Snowden Six Ways I was just so on a high for months 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 and um, because it was the first one first time it ever been done I set a uh, fastest no time or an FKT which is equivalent essentially to a world record on that course and I thought to myself you know hang on a minute I can save, I can, I can chop off some time off that next time I go. And I thought, so 2021, I'm going to go back 
I'm not going to do it for the charity. I'm just going to go for me, which was the original plan. And I'm going to hammer it as fast as I possibly can so that when someone else comes to have a go at it, you know, I put down a really quick time, the best I can possibly do. And if they beat it, then that's totally fine, you know. Whereas now, I think if someone went to do it and they beat my time, I'd be a little bit gutted because I know I can go faster. So this year was all about kind of going towards the um, Snowden Six Ways Challenge as fast as possible. And then through a sort of mutual connection similar to us with James, you know, I, I met this um, community called Beyond Six. And what they do is they, they take people into the, into the wild, into the outdoors who are struggling with their mental health. And they organize these meetups, voluntary meetups for free. And people can come and talk, chat, use the great outdoors for the great therapy that it can provide. And these guys facilitate this and they heard about the Snowden Six Ways Challenge and they offered to come and help free of charge, free of prompting, just because they loved what I was doing and they loved the fact that it was um, getting people in the outdoors and inspiring people to, to create their own epic. And I happily accepted their help. We were really looking forward to it, have lots of conversations with them. And then tragically, one of the founding sort of people within that community, he took his own life as well. And he kind of sideswiped me in a different way to Milo because like I knew Milo personally, I've worked with him, um, I've gone out for beers with him, etc. But Mick, I've never met him. We'd had some interaction over Instagram, but the fact that he'd given up his time and seen the value of what I'm doing and wanted to come and help really struck a chord that I, for me to go back to Snowden and just go and do the challenge for my own reasons, for my own personal gain, this didn't sit comfortably with me anymore. So I'm going back again this year and we're going to go faster, hopefully, <laughs> but we're also going to try and raise as much money, as much awareness as last time for mental health and, and suicide prevention. And I'm actually helping raise money to get beyond six um, from a kind of Instagram voluntary organization into a community interest company because what they do is brilliant they, they help people who are really suffering they give people vision they give people opportunity to better themselves and to see that there's a different way to the way that they might be behaving and i just think an opportunity like this is just too good to turn down you know um i'm not going to be in a position to do the snow in six ways every year forever um and from the pleasure that it and the positivity that came out of such a horrible environment and tragedy last time around, we'd have to do the same thing again. You know, it's not just for Milo and Mick, it's for all the other people that we've lost to suicide that we don't even know. It's for all the people that are sitting at home in lockdown, really suffering with their mental health, who can't see a way out. It's for all the people that, that struggle. It's for all the people that, you know, that have darkness and can't necessarily see the light. That, that's why, I'm choosing to do it and it brings me a lot of pleasure it brings me a lot of pain <laughs> but it brings me a lot of pleasure it brings me a lot of good things and running for me is my is my therapy these days it allows me to kind of get outside and reconnect and, and find my own peace and find my own clarity so I'm, I'm it's a really weird emotion i'm really excited but there's always always this tinge of of sadness because of what the snowden six ways means and stands for you know, I don't own the mountain, I don't own the challenge, but the concept of what we've done is very, very unique. Hmm. Yeah, so it's that awareness of stepping back and knowing that, you know, you're one part of a far bigger thing, but trying to do your bit and what I'm hearing is obviously that's, it's anchored in 
the outdoors and and how and how much that can bring. Uh, I don't know if the positivity is the right word, but it can bring just a different, you know, a different stimulus, can't it, for so for so many people, for yourself, and then the challenge is also anchored in. Yes, you pushing yourself as hard as you can, but so many other people around you supporting you from, you know, a logistical point of view, uh, uh, you know, a mental point of view. I know no one's carrying you up the mountain, but, you know, the physical kind of training and recovery, I'm sure people are helping you with. I know James helping you on nutrition. Um, so, mate, I think that, you know, there's so much to unpack with what you've just said there. But it's, it's I think it's nice just in this format to be able to just acknowledge what you said and just you know let that sit for a few seconds and you know one of the one of the main things I think that I got out of that bit that maybe you could explore is obviously just the the power you know the power of the outdoors for people to be able to get get out there and get going like I know you're at at one end you know running up mountains but I think it you know hopefully if people can find their way outside anyone listening to this that has access to green spaces um, you know, it seems such an important thing, a huge part of your journey and, and something that you're continually trying to promote, isn't it? Absolutely. I, you know, I talk about the mountains a lot and I talk about the kind of wild the wilderness quite a lot because, you know, that is the kind of the, the ultimate place for me to go and explore and, and, you know, find find my sort of epic. But that's my epic and it's not something that I've just been able to do. I've had to train and I've had to better myself and become fitter and healthier and look after my body, et cetera, to be able to go and do these things. And I think, you know, people who might be listening who are, who are struggling to get outside and, and find a green space, it just starts with that first step out of the door. You know, just getting outside. All, everyone, more often than not, has been used to working from home now. And working from home brings a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and a lot of... Um, anxiety potentially and the more you kind of stay in that zone the more you kind of stay in that environment the more those um, emotions fester and they become stronger and it becomes more stressful and so even going outside for a 10 to 15 minute walk could be somebody else's epic because they haven't done that before they haven't taken that opportunity and you know coming out and you know listening to a podcast that's inspiring is a great thing to do because it takes puts everything into perspective Listening to nature, you know, allows your brain just to relax and to, to reset and to allow you to process things. And when you start to become comfortable getting outside, you can then start to explore. You can go, you find country walks. You can put a pair of trainers on and just go, oh, there's a nice trail. I'm going to see where I end up. Or you know, there's so there's so much that the outdoors has to offer. And the, the, I'll go back to the mountains. The, the thing I really like about the mountains, when I go to the mountains, whether that's the Alps, whether that's Wales, wherever, you just become a little bit insignificant and you almost become awe-inspired by the scenario and the environment that you're in, that your problems just kind of, they don't disappear, but they become much more reasonable. They become much more uh, approachable and solvable. And I just think that that environment is just so special and it's... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a free resource for people. And this is where Beyond Six are onto something really great because they're doing this thing. They're getting people outside. They're getting people into this environment that really helps people. But I think definitely, you know, finding your epic is what is important for people. You know, challenge yourself. Whatever you whatever you want to do, challenge yourself in a way that you're going to have to push yourself. Not necessarily really hard, but push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone to start exploring yourself and who you are and what you are. And it's a really... It's a really great part of being human and growing as a human being yeah i agree with that and i've I found 
you know when you are physically tired obviously not to the point where you're exhausted and it, you know it makes you ill and you get infections and all those kind of things but if you are physically tired you know you're you kind of you just have a bit more headspace like in a way it's strange you're thinking well you might not be thinking as much you're like man i'm pretty exhausted i haven't got the energy to to like let these you know negative thoughts or some of the dark side of things or you know some of the side of things that i don't like about myself kind of come to the head because you know i've i've, I've put time on feet or i've i've scrambled or and then we, I don't know when you get back, you think, oh, that that drink of water or that shower or just changing your socks, you know, things that you do on a daily basis. Obviously, yeah. you've dug out harder than me, but I just think any time I've done something physical for like half a day or something like that, you know, those little things are so important. Whereas you do those any other time, like literally getting a shower and getting my socks on before doing this for you, I didn't think twice. Whereas, whereas yeah. when you do it out there, you're like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, but it's that I, I'm a firm believer of type two fun. So type type one fun is the kind of thing while you're doing it, it's fun. Like you know, meeting up with friends and going out for a couple of drinks, that kind of thing is always going to be fun. Type two fun is the type of fun where while you're doing it, you hate it and you question yourself, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Who? Why am I here? But then you cross that finish line or you get to the achievement of what you're trying to do and you reflect back and that, that was the best thing I've ever done. Mm. And that's that's type two fun. Mm. And that's, that's where you really learn and that's where you really grow yeah i think if we stay if we stay on that point a little bit like you said about when you're finding it hard and this physical challenge because i think a lot of people will be quite interested in this because i know there's a few you know really interested geeky kind of people that will break things down and will want to know how you do it obviously you don't have to give away all your secrets but <laughs> is it yes you've got a lot of experience you've, you've obviously done this challenge last year you want to go faster um is it is it down to a teammate have you got some excel spreadsheet with timings with your food you know are you guys constantly talking is there a plan for you know every 20 minutes of the race or are you someone where you know you go on field you're you're, you've spoken to good professionals you've got a lot of experience and you do know what you're roughly going to try and do each hour you know how, how do you break something like this down so I'm kind of in between the two, really. I, I'm not I'm, I'm, in life. I'm not a massive planner. I'm, I'm actually. I was speaking to my sports massage therapist yesterday, and I was telling her how I have this kind of weird fear of spreadsheets. <laughs> like that, that's my thing. I don't like spreadsheets and numbers. So in terms of the planning phase, like with working with James is a really great example. You know, James. Sort of, I sort of said to him, "Look, you're a professional. You're the nutrition guy. Tell me what to eat, when to eat it, when to drink it, and I'll do it." But don't leave me to make my own decisions up on that front because I'm not qualified. I don't know enough about it to make the educated decisions. So he was like, great. Every time I came back down to a checkpoint, he was like, right, you've got 10 minutes. Eat this. And by the time I see you next, you need to have drunk X, Y, and Z. And so let's say the challenge was broken up into six legs. Every leg, I have many challenges within that to keep myself busy. Or I need to make sure I'm drinking enough. I've still got one of these rolls I need to eat or whatever it was. So that I found really useful, particularly towards the end, because James, I remember James said before the challenge, I was using the tailwind as a uh, nutrition drink. And uh, he said, oh, you'll probably get sick of nutrition towards the end of the race, before the end, before the end of the challenge. And I remember getting to the, to the last checkpoint with one more leg to go and uh, thinking to myself, oh, I'm getting a bit sick of tailwind. And James asked me, he goes, how's the tailwind? I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> And almost kind of my challenge was to not let him know that I had enough tailwind. So I just kind of sucked it up and got on with it and, and you know, carried on with the tailwind just to prove a point kind of thing. But yeah, I, it was funny. I've done Ironmans, you know, long distance races, swim runs, etc. before. 
and this was definitely the longest thing I've, I've ever done. And I was fully expecting on this challenge to go into a dark place. You know, obviously physically we were running through the night on the mountain, but to actually mentally go into a place where I'd really suffer and I'd really question what I was doing and why I was doing it, you know, who I am and all these kind of things that run through through our heads when we're pushing ourselves. And that moment never came. It never, it never came on a mountain. And hand on heart, I can see, I can say, I enjoyed every single step of that event because of all the reasons why, because of the backstory, because of the fundraising, because of the interest, because of the passion, because it's something I'd always wanted to do for the last five years, because of all these things that I just loved every single minute, even when I fell over, you know, I still had a smile on my face. And so people often ask me, you know, how did you deal with the pain and the, and all of it and the kind of the darkness and all like, I didn't have to because it never came, but in my armory, I guess, and this is the reason why it never came, is because I'm, I'm a firm believer that when we're doing these things, we, we've, I think you, you've done ultra running before, and it's always a conscious decision to get out and train and to get out and do these events. It's not someone, no, no one's hold a gun to my head and go, you have to do the Stone Six Ways Challenge. It's something I decided to do. So I'm going to enjoy it. If I'm not enjoying it, I'm going to enjoy it for those people that can't do it. You know, and I've got a cousin who's, um, he's 20 years older than me and he got hit by a drink driver when he was 19 and, and he was quite a you know, promising sports person and hasn't been able to basically move since. And I always think of, of him, you know, he doesn't know what I'm doing, but if he could, he would definitely have a go and he would definitely want to be there doing what I'm doing. So I always have this kind of, this thought process of, oh, I'm starting to hurt, I'm starting to suffer, hang on a minute check yourself there's there's hundreds and thousands of people that would love to be doing what you're doing but don't have the opportunity do it for them and then it puts everything back into perspective that pain suddenly becomes less the, the mental darkness suddenly becomes less it becomes light it becomes you, you have your reason to continue and in fact on my running sunglasses i have printed on the on the arms it says always keep your reasons to continue bigger than your reasons to quit and if I'm wearing them or not, they're always on my head or in my pack. And so I always know that they're there. I always know that that's written on them. And that always gives me the impetus to carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, it's good. It's amazing that you can share that, that personal story. I think it makes me reflect on, I'm the same from going out running. You're, you're always thinking of um, how privileged you are to be able to choose to go and do it. And then also that you know some people obviously so many people aren't able-bodied enough to do it or they they were and, and they're in a serious amount of pain now um i haven't obviously ever done a challenge as as hard and as long as yours but i think for some of the stuff i have done i have this weird thing where i think uh, in my mind that um uh, my, my my family and my fiance are basically like uh, in this like room and i'm holding the door and there's something coming through and i have to like keep it on you know like keep keep against it so so yeah. when things are because i'm not a natural runner i used to play rugby like quite not heavy but a bigger bloke than most so like when i am trying to run faster consistently i'm just thinking if i let go now you know this thing's gonna open something bad's gonna happen so it's like that comes in but it doesn't come in very often because i don't really run very fast very often maybe once or twice a month but yeah you need you need that like you have to kind of practice that kind of cope that kind of coping side of things so it's interesting to hear yours you know your the sunglasses you hold on your person and reflecting on on your cousin as well so um yeah maybe it's hard for people to understand if they haven't necessarily done 
longer stuff but it doesn't it doesn't have to come when you're just trying to do ultras it could be you know it could be anything people pick up cycling Absolutely. pick up walking they you know even just couch to 5k whatever it is something physical people are going to have to try and push through that barrier aren't they but i, I also think you know you, you said about that that room with your family and your fiance like that's that's your thing mm. and my one with my cousin you know doing it for the other people that can't do it that's kind of my thing it's not my thing it's, that's what works for me and I, I think um you know you may agree or disagree on this i think you come up with these strategies through experience through putting yourself exposing yourself to these challenging situations or scenarios and when you then put in that position you kind of in, in, instinctively come up with a way of getting yourself through it and you remember that that worked for me i'm going to use that again Mm. whereas I, th- I think you know using ultra running as an example if you've never run an ultra before or a marathon or even a half marathon you've never kind of hit the wall you don't know how you're going to react when it does happen so you kind of almost need to expose yourself to that harshness to come up with a strategy of how to potentially deal with it in, in my opinion i think i think that that kind of helps build resilience mm. it helps build experience it helps you learn. It helps you find out more about who you are. Because if you stay in your comfort zone all the time, you don't find out anything about yourself. You know you can do what you can already do. Mm. If you challenge yourself, even a little bit, and step out of that comfort zone a little bit more, you start to find out more about who you are. You know, mm. And I, I always think of failure, but I don't always think of failure. I now think of failure as a really good opportunity to learn, and that's something I've changed in the last probably 18 months you know failure has a lot of stigma attached to it i don't want to fail i don't i need to pass i need to succeed but failing is where you quite often learn more than the success Hmm. yeah agreed agreed and i think picking up that on that point of um what's what's worked well in the past and things like that if like my experience of taking out of say something very physical and like ultra marathon training stuff part of what i do is i help, help coach um pre-diabetics and diabetics people that have literally just been told after a blood test you know right you're this and this is their kind of like identity now and you know they come onto this program and they're like right I'm labeled as this and it's hard and I'm like where's your mindset at and then I think one of the first things is that I asked them you know what has worked well in the past and it might have been something to do with their sleep or hydration or nutrition or activity you know weight loss whatever and you just try and pick that out first to be like look you have done part of this before let's try and build on that um because you know these these are kind of like that's their kind of mountain in the end they're staring you know they're staring down complications metabolic health issues and you're like right you know they got nowhere to go they think and you're like right you know what has worked in the past let's build off that you know what were your experiences from this if this didn't work look that's absolutely fine you know like slimming world whatever it was is, is not for you you know we'll we'll figure it out together like well done for figuring that out and then you know they think oh okay okay so maybe that was a com- it wasn't a complete waste of time so i think what i'm hearing and what you're saying is you know you do learn from every experience and i think people do know that and, and they're thrown around as you know kind of motivational quotes and stuff but it's good to just discuss these things isn't it in like longer form so i like podcasts yeah. so much i think uh, and you're i know we spoke before the call mate you're you've got um a, a pod as well do you want to let people know a bit about it because i think it's yeah, it's definitely focusing on the last five, ten minutes we've talked about resilience and things like that. I think that's something that you really focus on with your show, isn't it? Yeah, it's called the Evolve Pod, and it's basically it's bringing stories of um, people who have suffered through adversity 
um, to turn their lives into something pretty awesome. Um, we you know, talk to runners, Olympians, um, coaches, business owners, you know, all sorts of people that have got an interesting story to tell. And it kind of came off the back of the Snowden Six Face Challenge, to be honest, in terms of realizing how to platform to share my story and to share other people's stories to help inspire people. And that's essentially what it's all about. It's just, it's a, you know, an hour long listen just to tell great stories of, from experience, mm. you know, everybody's got different stories. I think everybody's got stories to tell and we can all learn off of each other. And I, like you enjoying the podcast. I love doing the podcast. I love, I, I love being the guest and the host, but either way, I always learn something new on a podcast because, you know, people open up and they talk and they have a potentially a different perspective on things that I may not have had my eyes open to before. And mm. I love that. And it's a chance for me to grow a little bit. It's a chance for me to experience what life's been like for other people and to, to feel it a little bit more and to better myself from their experience, which is what an amazing opportunity that is, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. People, some, some might be listening to this, you know, now running or walking or literally when they're getting up, making their tea or coffee or whatever, and then they're hearing about you running up and down Snowden six times, and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> it's just, no, I've, been but it, called, I've been called a few things, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, it is brilliant. And, you know, that, that part of the world as well, it is, it is amazing. Um, and, God, there must have been some, if you did manage to get your head up and, you know, not necessarily looking at your feet and, and breathing and being exhausted you know you must have been seeing some some incredible scenes um how like where do you going up and down different different routes each each time did you know it quite yeah. well like from the nav side because i i've been up and down a few times but there's just clear paths that i've followed so yeah, and I, I haven't i haven't seen six different paths i think <laughs> I, I think i've done i've done creek rock i've done uh you know the, the kind of classic like i did the three peaks so it's probably up and down one way and the other way but i'm just yeah. I, I, I think that's three so i can't really think where the other three are <laughs> so there's, there's six main routes up and down and quick rock is the seventh that i just didn't fancy doing that on this challenge because it's got its inherent risks that i wasn't yeah. up for doing no agreed um so you go up the, up the Lamberis path, down the Watkin, turn around, come back up, go down the Rangers, come back up Rangers, down the uh, Miners track, back up the Miners, down the Ridu track, back up the Ridu, down the Pig, and back up the Pig to finish back down in Lamberis where we started. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, coming down the Miners track, there's, um, there's a beautiful sort of lake on the right-hand side as you come down the, part, the path. And this was probably... I was conscious not to look at my watch in terms of what time of day it was during during the challenge, but it must have been sort of two or three o'clock in the morning. And there was me, Andy and Dan, two of my support guys, and we literally, literally just had to stop. We didn't say anything. And the moon, you could see the moon, you could see the stars, and you could see the reflection in the lake, the mountain tops. Um, and like knowing that there was nobody else on the mountain at that point, probably, um, was truly special, like amazing absolutely amazing and then coming down the pig track as the sun was coming up equally uh, unbelievable um you know and there, there's so many memories from that from that experience that i will forever cherish little moments that mean nothing to many people but mean everything to me um and the team that i got together they were kind of hand selected friends and colleagues because they all offered me something and something different from each other 
Um, and so like strategically put them at different parts of the race, knowing I'd need different things from people at that point. So like leg five, I had my, uh, a good friend of my name and his brother who were just hilarious people. So knowing that at the back end of the event, to tag out of one team, to tag into a fresh new team that would just make me laugh for a couple of hours was like a dream, right? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, no, it was great, absolutely fantastic. And, and the, those team around me, what a great bunch of people. Just, and James as well. And I, again, wholeheartedly think that his nutrition plan for me enabled me to absolutely hammer that challenge. You know, I didn't, I didn't ever once need for any more energy any more food or anything you absolutely nailed it mm-hmm. yeah that, that you know i obviously you know james is an incredible practitioner and like you said if you're um very willing it's you know it's always going to work well but i think picking up on that other point like you said sometimes it's weighing up you know the the, the skill set and and the experience of someone and, and, and what they're there for but then also their personality it's like it's like going on it's like going on tour and stuff and for before um that you know this is like i don't know sports tour or, or anything like you know your challenge was you could call it a bit of a tour and i was, I was listening to a bit I'm a, I'm a passionate rugby fan and the british and irish lines are coming up and it's obviously that amateur tour that means so much and a couple of the guys on this pod are talking about like look okay you know you need the best players but also you need guys with great personality who you know might throw be thrown in the mix to just keep morale up and have a good time and then you know the team end up playing better and you try and get your head around that you think what you'd pick people that might not be as good but might be better crack to boost the environment and then everyone ends up playing better to beat south africa and you think well that actually that actually really makes sense so like Definitely. you said you had certain guys with certain attributes and stuff and that you know that's so important with a group of people you know there's this common goal but then there's different ways it doesn't have to be the most skillful and and the most experienced on paper it could just be someone who you know who's a bit of a comedian or like break you know breaks the mold a bit exactly i mean i know in my network i know a lot a hell of a lot of decent runners like really decent runners but this challenge was was about people and so i got the right people i got a blend of the right people and the right runners to come and to come and help and like you know, like the I'm a big rugby fan, like the Lions as well. You might have that one character who's, who's you know, absolutely stunning rugby player, but not quite that team motivator or you know, bringing people together that that squad might need. And I had, you know, I had that. I had a few people that I kind of in my mind was like, I might get this person in, but might not. And then there was some absolute shoeings as well, like straight away. There's one guy I called, right, you're in. <laughs> Whether you can make it or not, you're coming. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, it's great, and you know, it's um, the whole Snowden Six Ways is a bit of a reflection on life for me. And in life, if you surround yourself with the right people, you know, your support network, it, life is better. You know, and your friends are your friends because they're your friends. You know, and they will be there for you. And I think, you know, reflecting on my background with my sort of mental health and addiction problems that I've suffered with in the past, one of my you know, I, I don't get wound up, but it is what it is. But I just, I wish that I should have shared earlier on what I was going through, but I didn't. I kept it to myself because of the fear of what my friends would think of me. But they're your friends and your friends will always be there to help and support. And that, you know, that for me, taking that into the snow for six weeks, these guys and girls were there to help me and support me to reach my target. And if your target is to get yourself healthy, is to get yourself away from some sort of bad behavior or bad space, 
you know, engage your friends, engage your community to help get you to your better place. Yeah. It's, really, it's a really important thing to remember. Yeah, sh- you know, sh- share it, um, togetherness, um, you know, it will boost, yeah, it will boost resilience and it's that kind of average of the five people you spend the most time with type thing, but you can still be around people and not necessarily discuss things and that's the most important thing, isn't it, mate? So, um, look, yeah, brilliant, let's... Uh, I don't really know. I think I feel like I uh, I'm done for the day now. I feel like I've achieved like having a great conversation with you. I feel I feel like that you know that that'll do me. I'll just I'll just sit out yeah. in the sun all day. I know I can't, but that yeah That'd I think nice, wouldn't it? yeah we'll weekend, see. Weekend starts now. You're busier than me, but anyway I think look, um mate how how can people keep in touch with you? Um I'll, I'll obviously pop the uh, just giving page. Um, for, for this upcoming challenge um, your Instagram which obviously we connected on your LinkedIn is there anything else on there you'd like to let people know about I can put in the show notes yeah I mean so one of my I obviously run choicefromcoaching.com which is a triathlon and open water swimming business and I also run the Evolve Wellbeing Group which is a corporate health and wellbeing consultancy so um, if anybody listening needs any help with their triathlon or sort of is any HR position and realizes that their business could do with some help on the health and well-being, you can visit the evolvewellbeinggroup.com um, to help or, or to get in touch with, with me directly. Cool. Um, what was the triathlon one called again, mate? It's called Tri Swim Coaching, T-R-I Swim Coaching.com. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Hopefully things and races and stuff start cracking, you know. But it's tough as nest. It's hard. Oh, brilliant. So yeah, you put quite busy with um, your own challenge, two businesses, a family, um, and yeah. So um, mate, it's good. I managed to selfishly grab 30, 40 minutes of your time today. It's been absolutely. I've got a very understanding wife. It's pretty. Yeah. Wow. No. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. It's fantastic. And obviously your your pod as well, the Evolve Pod podcast. Yeah, so that's on Instagram, evolve underscore pod, and on Facebook, the Evolve Pod. Amazing. All right, Facebook too. Brilliant. All right, lovely people. All that's going to be in the show notes. Um, and look, Ali's he's one of those people, like the most people I speak to on this podcast. We just connected online, you know, quick chat through Instagram, mutual friends. Um, and you might be following people like 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 him or you know you might be following him now and it's uh, you think oh I can't speak to these people or I can't reach out or I can't say hi and um, you should you know the reason the reason why this podcast keeps going is because um, people like Ali either reach out or I reach out to them and, and we have conversations and, and it's so it's so easy to do so if there's someone you're following you like you're inspired by or anything like that you know just drop them a message um, and you'll probably get something really good out of it, like, you know, like this conversation today and this connection that I've made. So, um, yeah, keep in touch. Everything that you need um, on Ali's side will be in the show notes and we'll speak to you soon.